our Heavenly Father, which are in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Let thy will, Father, be done here on earth as it is in heaven. My Father, forget we have gathered together, Father, to sit at your footsteps, to hear from you, Father. We come, Father, this morning as humble as we can, knowing, Father, that we cannot do anything without you. We come this morning, Father, asking you to look down upon us, Father. We come, Father, this morning to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for watching over us as we slumbered and slept last night. Thank you, Father, for touching us this morning and for giving us a mind to come out to your house, Father, to hear your word. Now, Father, we come this morning asking you to look down upon this congregation, Father. For you know the blessings that they stand in need of this morning, Father. We ask now, Father, that you just move throughout this congregation in a mighty and powerful way, Father. We ask now, Father, that you bless the pastor of this church and continue to help him to lead your people in the way that you have us to go. We come this morning, Father, asking you to look down upon Reverend Jenkins this morning, who's going to bring the word, Father. We pray, Father, that you would just crown him with your wisdom. Give him a word from our high, a word that might be able to help somebody on this Christian journey. Now, Father, we come asking you to look down upon the absent part of this body this morning, Father. For you know their situations this morning. We come asking you to look down upon our friend, my brother, Deacon Johnson, Father. For you know his situation this morning, Father. And I ask, Father, that you just move in his life in a mighty and powerful way as only you can. Lord, I just want to thank you. For truly you have been good to us, Father. You have been good to me, Father. And I thank you for the blessings. I thank you for all that you have done, Father. All that you will do and all that you're about to do, Father. I just thank you right now, Father. I ask, Father, that you would just continue to help us on this Christian journey. For this is an uphill journey, Father, and we cannot make it without you. We need you to rain down your gift of the Holy Spirit upon us, Father. Give us understanding and guidance and wisdom, Father. Help us, Lord God, on this Christian journey. Lord, I thank you right now. Thank you, Father. For we all have so much to be thankful for. And then, Father, I pray that you would look down upon the families out there in Texas this morning, Father. And all over this land, who. Family members were victimized by mass shootings, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just move throughout this world in a mighty and powerful way. And just touch your peoples, touch their hearts and their minds, Father. And help them to understand and realize, Father, that you are God Almighty and that you're still in charge. Lord, I thank you. I praise your holy and righteous name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. 
this morning here. We pray God riches and blessings upon us, each and every one of you. And my prayer is that we do not forget to pray for one another. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. Turn down the minute and so
exciting program from the 150th Psalm. We read it responsibly. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the temple and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And we know that God's word is already blessed. Amen? Amen. This is our time for our family and our altar prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Prayer is effective and it still works. Maybe someone has been going to this family prayer and he wants us to have a special prayer for you. If you, if you feel you're in that place, we ask that you come come forward to the front and we uh, I pray for you especially if you want a special prayer. Just come forward to the front at this time and we'll include you in our family prayer and all to pray. Amen. We're going to keep digging uh, in Johnson. You know, he had the surgery this week and he had to, had to go back and raise children back in the hospital. So we're going to keep him in prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to keep all, all those that are not with us in that special prayer. Amen? Amen. God is still in the blessing business. His, his storehouse is yet to run out of miracles. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank God. We also don't always have to pray and ask him for things. You know, I don't make it all pray to God. We don't always, we don't always ask for God for something. We give God a prayer of thanksgiving. Thanking God for being so good. We got to go to our heads back in our business. We thank God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Father God, right now we come just as we are. Humbly kneeling at the cross. Father God, we know that we fall so short in every account. Father God, right now, that would not be you. If you did not wake us up this morning, we would not be here. Father God, but you are an ever-loving, ever-merciful God. And we realize that we don't take it for granted. We are not an ignorant people, Father God. that We are so good that you're doing this because we deserve it. We know, Father God, it's because of your grace and your mercy. While we are standing in your presence this morning. And we thank you for that. We thank you right now for our goings in and our comings out. We thank you for being a strong provider in our life. We, we thank you, Father God, for being that balm and healing and healing our bodies. Father God, we thank you right now for being a way out of nowhere. Most of all, Father God, we thank you for being a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. So we come to you as your children, Father God, right now. On every count, we ask in you, Father God, to create us a clean heart and renew us the right spirit. And then when you're done that, Father God, we ask that you give us a fresh anointing. Fill us up the soul of our feet, the crowns on the head. And then, Father God, we ask us to cover us in the blood of your son, Jesus. Father God, we that I need right now. Somebody needs you for one thing, and somebody needs you for others. But, Father God, we know that you're more than able to deliver on our behalf. 
That's why we stand in agreement right now. We don't know what our brothers and sisters need that's standing next to us. But Father God, we spiritually touch and agree right now that you will do what you say you will do for us. Father God, you said that if we fall, you pick us up. You said that you give us new mercies each and every day. Yes. Father God, right now you say you'll be a strong provider. You said it in your word that we, you would fight our battle for us because the battle is not ours. You said, oh Father God, that when we feel low, we call unto you. You said that when we feel like we're standing alone, you told us to call unto you. Father God, I'm not making it up. You said it in your word. You said in your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us. You said that you're good and you sent us another comforter. So we ask that you allow your Holy Spirit, even though we don't walk correctly before you, that you allow your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. And when we don't do right, Father God, don't leave us alone. We ask that you just don't take your Holy Spirit away from us. We ask for Father that you convict us so we get it right. Don't let us sleep till we get it right with you, Father God. Because we just want to do what's right according to your will. We want to be in your will. We want to be, oh Father God, within the ark of safety right now in these last and evil days. Father God, we ask that you come against and let the blood of your son Jesus come against every foul and malignant spirit that has risen up against your people right now. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and ask, oh God, that you send it back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. But Father God, give us a spirit of waiting on you while we're in the middle of our storm and we, and we feel like we have nowhere to turn it and we feel like we want to throw the towel in, Father God. I'm a living witness that you will come through on our behalf. So Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, give your people staying power right now. Give them the fortitude and the mindset to hold on just a little while longer. But Father God, while we're going through our storm and our misery, give us a spirit of thankfulness in the midst of our circumstance and situation. Father God, we know when the blessings go up, the praise, when the praises go up, the blessings will come down. So Father God, Bless us right now. Bless us right now. If there's something, Father God, that we forgot to mention in this prayer, I forgot to say, allow your Holy Spirit to make intercession for us and other utterings that we don't want to utter unto you. Because you know what we need and when we need it. Have your way. Bless us, oh Father God. We thank you. We thank you and we thank you in advance. If there's any unbelief in anyone under the sound of my Father God, of my voice, help down their unbelief. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And all who love the Lord say, Amen. 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 Put your hands in your body.
welcome those who are live streaming with us as well. To God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. We are calling on all mothers, all mothers in the house and all mothers who are listening online. We are inviting you to attend our worship service and we celebrate our mothers on next Sunday. We give God all the glory because next Sunday is Mother's Day. And we're inviting you to just come in and share with a special message to the mothers to encourage the mothers on next week. To God be all the glory. We want to remind you that Bible study will be held this Tuesday night, uh, 6 o'clock, uh, May the 9th, and on our conference phone line, which is on the back of your program. So we're asking everybody to dial in and let's uh, go through the word of the Lord together. Our mission workshop is scheduled for Saturday, May 27, from 1030 to 12, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. We do have the flyer out in the best view. If you'd like to take one, please, and just come back and enjoy uh, this workshop. We have much to share with you. It's designed for mission. It's designed for deaconess and focusing on deaconesses and mother's ministries itself. Uh, President Greer and Lady Jenkins have designed a wonderful workshop and there's so much to be learned so we just ask you if you have the time to come back and join us. Everyone is invited. We send our happy birthday wishes to all those who were born in the month of May and according to your calendar we will celebrate you later in this month. Please be reminded of our annual family and friends day on Sunday, May the 8th. I know you haven't forgotten about that. We do plan to have a wonderful time in the Lord on the last Sunday in this month as we gather with our family and friends. So make your plans now to be with us. I know you're going to, we're going to have a lot of good food, but we're going to have a lot of physical good food. But let's come in here and spirit, get that spiritual food that we need continue on throughout the week. Let us be reminded to pray for all of the sick. We're so happy to see Brother Isaiah with us this morning. God be glory. We are so happy. He wanted to come up here on the choir stand, but no, Deke said, uh-uh, you go and sit yourself down. We lift up Deacon Johnson, who's back in the hospital. Pray for him. My sister, Pearl, Deacon S. Pearl, is improving, so we are excited about that, and we're waiting to her very soon, and to all of our sick shut-in, our ailing, and especially to those who are grieving at this time, please keep them in prayer. Our inspiring quote for today is, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. We turn the rest of the service into the hands of the pastor. Amen. God be the glory. The great thing he has done and we're doing in the life of the church, and we are the church. Amen. Yeah. And thank God for that. God has been better to us. We've been to ourselves. Yeah. We just want to and want and should want to and ought to say thank you. Amen. Thank you, thank you. so thank good you. to see so many of you in the sanctuary today, and so many of us are trying to stay away from, from church. We got to come to church every now and again. We need the church. Amen. Amen. Every now and again we need some church. We thank God for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's awesome time. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, bring you all the tithes to the storehouse and we'll be meeting my house. Said, you know, I try to child of God. See, don't I open up the windows of heaven 
and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. We can't be God-given. It's biblical that we give unto the Lord. And the Lord said, he'll, he'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. Amen? Actually, God has just done enough for me. He don't have to make me rich. All I want to do is help, help a brother maintain. I don't want to lose no ground. And he said that he covered my thoughts in that same text. He said, I will rebuke the devour for your sake. That means that the enemy will not be able to get his hands on and try to mess up what God has already given me. He can try to mess it up, but guess what? God works all things together for our good. And we are being obedient to, that, to God's word. He's going to come through for us. I'm a living witness that he will. Let us bless this, bless this often in advance before you give. Amen? Oh, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, bless your people as they give unto you. Father God, anoint your heart, so if I give them a, a heart, Father, a giving heart right now, say, give unto you. Father God, we know that, Father God, you know all things. You know our circumstance and you know our situation. But we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to call those things on Heavenly Father. That are, not, that are not as if they are, okay? We thank you, Father God. And we ask you right now, move on behalf of your people. Come against the spirit of poverty and failure in the lives of your people. Father God, let success and prosperity breathe, breathe. Open doors for them. Enlarge their territory. Return when they give back to you sevenfold, Father God. Press down, shaking together, and running over. It is already used to better not build in your kingdom and give it things over down here, oh Heavenly Father. Send us a place, anywhere in your kingdom will be just all right with us. And all the love of the Lord say amen. Amen, amen. amen and amen. amen. Church, stand up, come from the back, and quiet with some music. Thank you. 
I greet you in the name of our Christ. Give an honor to our pastor and deacons and all of you. It's just good to be here. I want to call your attention to the gospel as recorded by John. Chapter 6. James, give me a little bit of amazing grace, please. Bread 
two, Jesus giving this discourse about the bread of life, uh, the scriptures tell us that he did several things. He healed some folk and he fed 5,000. And he'd gone across the Sea of Galilee, which is also called the Sea of Gennesaret or Tiberias. And he had been performing miracles and preaching and teaching around Jerusalem, Judea. But he was rejected and not believed that he was the Christ. <coughs> so later he would get in a boat and go on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Finally he would end up in Capernaum. Jesus was that type of Messiah. In fact, he would eventually curse some cities because they wouldn't repent and listen to him. Tourism, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. But no one could say that he didn't give them the opportunity to hear him proclaim the word and to demonstrate his holiness in his own life. John chapter 6 uh, verses 15 through 21 the event following the feeding of the multitude was Jesus compelling disciples to get into a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. You've read the story on often uh, many occasions where he purposely allowed the storm to come and they were afraid and Jesus calmed the raging sea. This was to demonstrate that he was the almighty God, the creator, and he had power over his whole creation. Yeah. Even the elements. Many people may not have understood some of the miracles that he performed. For instance, uh, casting out demons out of demoniacs. All of this wasn't to show off. You know, I hear people say Jesus showed up, showed out. No, God doesn't show up. He showed up. But he doesn't have to show out. He does certain things for a specific reason to get people to believe in him. Even the miracles that he performed. He showed by healing the demoniac. Not only do I have the power over the universe, over the calm and calming the sea, I have power over demoniacs. 
I have power over evil spirits. All right. Even the devil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you say, well, the devil raises a lot of sand. Yeah, he does. But he can't do any more than God allows him to do. Yeah. Jesus also in this trip would leave the disciples on one occasion in a boat. He would go up in a mountain by himself to pray. And if Jesus, the Son of God, had a prayer life, sometimes with his disciples, sometimes just with Peter, James, and John, don't you know that we need to pray? Yeah. Yeah, he would go off and pray for his Father. You might say, well, why would God have to pray? Well, when Jesus was on earth, he had some weaknesses. You might well say, wait a minute, Jesus had weaknesses. Yeah, he had some weaknesses. He had some difference in his weakness and our weaknesses. He had chosen weaknesses. Yeah. He chose to allow himself to get hungry. Chose to allow himself to get tired. He chose eventually to go to Calvary. All right. Yeah, you remember he said, uh, no one takes my life. I lay it down. I'll take it up again. So, he left the disciples on one occasion and then disciples didn't know where he was. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. They were afraid, but he told them not to be afraid. And after the disciples heard this, Peter and specifically asked the Lord to allow him to get out of the boat. Peter was able to walk on the water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. Yeah. You'd be surprised at the things that the Lord will allow us to do if we keep our eyes on him and recognize that we can't do anything without him. When Jesus went to Capernaum of Galilee, people came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And some of them asked, Master or Rabbi, when did you get here? Uh, when did you come here? Chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, King James would say, Verily, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. 
In other words, people have different reasons for even coming to church. My list following Jesus. In other words, they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. He fed them when they were hungry. So they wanted to follow him and want to know when did he get there. He said, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Then he goes on and he says something that is leading up to my subject, which is the bread of life. Three main points we want to emphasize and, and we'll sit down. First of all, physical foods. Physical food. Second point, spiritual food. And point number three, food and faith. Food and faith. He says in 627, do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life. Which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. In other words, don't labor for fleshly things. Don't labor for fleshly things, but labor in accordance with the Spirit. The food he's talking about there is not just physical food. He's talking about spiritual food. Therefore, we should be careful about who we allow to feed us. Amen. Yeah. And pastors and preachers have to be careful on who they allow to feed the flock because God has given pastors and preachers the responsibility, as the scripture says, to look after the very souls of those people. And they are to shepherd them and therefore not allow them to wander off in someone else's pasture. Six twenty-eight. They were curious about what Jesus said about this food. They said, "What shall we do that we may work the works of God?" Jesus answered and said, in verse twenty-nine: "This is the work of God." that you believe in him whom he sent. In other words, they heard Jesus. They saw him. They ate from the five barley loaves and the two fish. But they're still questioning him and they're asking for a sign. 
What more did they need? He had calmed the sea. He had healed uh, demoniacs. He had given sight to the blind. They wanted a sign. So they went on and in other words, they're saying that we ate manna in the wilderness. Our forefathers or Moses gave up manna in the wilderness. In other words, in layman's term, what can you do? In other words, they were saying what Moses had done in the wilderness, giving them manna of bread to eat was superior to what they had seen Jesus do already. Jesus corrected them. Say to them, Most assured I say to you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gave you the true bread from heaven. In other words, Moses didn't do that. He didn't just stop and saying Moses didn't give you the bread. He went on to say, but my father, who's the same one that enabled Moses to feed the people in the wilderness by allowing bread to come from heaven, is the same one that gives you the bread of life. But you need to recognize the fact that I am The bread of life. Yes. 6 and 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Amen. He's sufficient, I tell you. Yeah. He's satisfying food. Now, people ask Jesus, What must I do? To be saved. And they would eventually ask Jesus to go ahead and give them this bread of life. They didn't understand no more than a woman at the well. Jesus said, I'll give you water, living water, well up unto eternal life. She asked Jesus to give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back to this well to draw water. She didn't understand that the water metaphor was talking about the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to what Jesus said your fathers, your ancestors, ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. He wasn't talking about just physical death, but he was talking about spiritual death. 
He knew that they had died. But those that died and didn't believe in Jesus would be eternally dead. Many ate, but they did not believe, he said. So in other words, you can receive or hear many sermons, sing Zion songs, even join the church, maybe become a deacon and get on the trusty board. Might even lie and say, Lord, call me to preach. Go on to the pulpit. But unless you exercise faith, you're still dead. Do you believe me today? Many ate, he says, but did not believe. And he went on to say, some of you today don't believe. John 6, 50 says, this is the bread of life which come down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Uh -huh. You hear the scripture say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believe in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Then he goes on to say, he that he that lives and believes in me shall never die. You hear that at many funerals. You hear it in sermons. But people don't really understand what it really means when he says, if you believe in me, you'll never die. In other words, I am, I am the self-sustained. I am the self-derived God. And as John 3, 16, that he that believes in me shall have eternal life. He didn't say that you'll eventually get eternal life. In other words, the moment that you believe, you have passed from death unto life. I hear people say that heaven is my goal. Heaven is not my goal. Heaven is already my possession. Because Jesus has given me eternal life. All I have to do is wait until he brings me to be with him. Or when he comes, as First Thessalonians says, and catch us up to be with him. Paul said, and thus we shall Always be with the Lord. I want to rebuke the spirit that calls people to believe that they can be saved and then lose their salvation. Some of them say, ah, I can lose my salvation if I go back in the world. If you go back in the world, and never return. 
then you didn't have Jesus in the first place. Because we're not the one that keep ourselves. He keeps us. And as Paul says, I know and I believe that he's able to bring to fruition what he has planted in the beliefs. If you believe it today, say yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 One more time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am the bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eat of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh. The disciples, and particularly the other disciples, the disciples, the twelve, didn't fully understand this. And there were some other disciples with them because it says when Jesus talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, some of them walked away from him and followed him no more. Because they didn't understand it. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? He says, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in you. I won't leave you right there because I might be someone that don't really understand what Jesus is saying when he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Some commentators say that he was alluding to the Lord's Supper. I don't know whether the Lord's Supper which would happen in the future about a year later had much to do with what Jesus was saying. But it surely didn't mean that if you take the Lord's Supper, you're going to be saved. Huh? Think about that. He's telling them, eat my flesh and drink my blood so that you will have life in you. Eat my flesh and drink my blood so that you can be saved. So that's what they had to do and believe in faith in order to have life in them in order to be saved. Communion is something you do after you're saved. Folk that don't have, have not eaten of the flesh, have not drank of the blood has not believed that Jesus is the Christ, don't have any business taking communion. So, if communion had anything to do with what he was saying, it certainly meant more than that. Yeah. What do you mean? Eat my flesh and suck my, drink my blood. He meant that after you listen to the preaching and teaching that I'm doing, 
By faith, you must accept me as the Christ. You must take me in. That's what eating is, taking in and drinking. You must take me in. Make me a part of yourself, but you can't do that unless I give you the revelation to believe and to accept. Hebrews talk about faith. Even the beginning of faith, saving faith, have to be given to us by God. He calls us and selects some of us before we're even born. In other words, accept, believe that my death, my resurrection is the means of eternal life. That's what eating my flesh and drinking my blood means. Accept, believe that my death and my resurrection is a mean by which you get eternal life. Because as he was teaching, he went on to talk about the sacrifice that he was going to make. And the sacrifice he was going to make points us to Calvary. Yeah. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, that's 6 and 54, has eternal life. Jesus wouldn't be given a morbid teaching, eat my flesh and drink my blood, literally, because he says, has eternal life. And he says, I will raise him up. At the last day. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. And this is a term that John uses throughout his writings. Abides in me. He talks about the divine and the branches. The branches abide in the main stem. The branches abide in Jesus. What does that mean? He means they must Abide in him. That means he must they must stay with him. They must continue with him. In the vine and the branch analogy, there were some branches that were just cast forth. But it says they didn't bear no fruit. In other words, they seemed like they were branches that's vitally attached to the true vine. But they didn't produce no fruit. How does that apply to the church? There are people in the church that can lie to him and make you cry. Don't know anything about Jesus. So there are branches that cast forth don't have a vital relationship with Jesus. Never been born again. I think we need to stress the new birth more and more in our churches. You can have 3,000 members. If only 10 of them saved, you got problems. Huh? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? 
Jesus says, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? In other words, you've already seen many miracles. You saw me feed 5,000, give sight to the blind. Do you have to wait until I ascend into heaven to believe? He said, the word I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who don't, do not believe. No one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. That goes along with John 14 and 6. Where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said in the previous reading, no one comes to me unless it has been granted by the Father. If that is confusion, all he is saying that I and my Father are one. You can't come to him except that you come through me. That's what John 14 and 6 says. You can't come to me unless he enable you to come. I hear the old hymn that says, I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. We didn't find him because he was not lost. We could not have come unless he took the initiative and sought us out. Then we can say, oh, John, stormy bank I stand, cast a wishful eye to Canaan fair and happy land where my possession lies. When we sing these old hymns, a lot of them are not right theologically, even though they sound good. But when we get ready, when we are regenerated and born again, and when we are sanctified and grow in the Lord, we'll stop singing those old songs that says, as long as I got Jesus, I don't need nobody else. We need each other. He regenerated and us gave us certain gifts not to show out but to minister one to another. Yes. There are times in my life even though I have Jesus I need somebody else's shoulder to lean on. There are times no matter how long 
I've been in the house of God and I prayed I sometimes need somebody to pray for me. When the apostles were in jail, it said the church prayed for them. And when the church prayed for them, the shackles fell off and they were able to come out of the jail. That old saying that said, it's Jesus, all right. Have you tried him? Do you believe that he is the son of God? Yeah, yeah. I know that he is the son of God. Thank you. Hello. You know, come back a little place. Jesus asked the disciples when they walked away, will you also go away? Talk to Twitter. Not those other followers that are still called disciples. Do you also want to go? I'm going to close with this. John 6, 68 through 69. Simon Peter spoke up. Sometimes he spoke up when he should have been quiet. But oftentimes he spoke up and he needed to speak up. Matthew 16 when Jesus says who do you say that I am he's talking to the whole group of disciples Peter said thou art the Christ son of the living God Jesus went on to tell him that you could not have received this revelation except that my father gave it to him so he spoke up when he needs to speak up. Here he spoke up. Peter said to the Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He went on to say in verse 69, also we have come to believe and know you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So I want to ask the question today. If we leave the church, if you leave saints, to whom shall we go? To Jehovah's Witness? To Buddha?
to an old rugged cross. Via Delarosa, the path that he walks. He stumbled. Someone had to help him carry his cross. I hear him on Calvary, on Golgotha Hill, showing his compassion, showing his love. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I see a crown of thorns around his head. I see blood running down. I see water coming from his side. But as the old preacher said, oh, no, no. Burn down, 
life and health and strength. Thank you for enabling us to uh, take this ordinance. Pray that you would bless each of us as we search ourselves and that you would bless this emblem of your blood and your body and enable us to receive it yes, Lord. in remembrance of thee. Keep, guide us, lead us to that way of understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called Passover. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan of Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. And he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he went and conferred with the chief priests and the captain in the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread. Jesus said to who two of his disciples, go and prepare the Passover that we may eat. They said unto him, where do you want us to prepare? He said, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he'll enter. And say, the teacher says, where is the guest chamber that we may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large furnace upper room. They'll make ready. They went and found it as he had said. And when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve apostles with them. He said, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But I will no longer eat of it until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. He took the bread, broke it, blessed it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, he took the cup. Blessed, it says, this cup is the New Testament of my shed blood.
our Lord's blood. would go out of the eastern gate of Jerusalem, cross Brook Kidron, through the Kidron Valley, up to the Garden of Gethsemane. There he would pray as he wrestled with the powers of darkness. I can hear him saying to his father, if this cup can pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Jesus knew that the Father had forsaken him. But you can imagine even the Son of God, how he would feel as he wrestled with the past of darkness. When, as Paul says, he who knew no sin mm. became sin, Jesus. that we might become the righteousness of God yes. in him. Yes. So the Father, and Isaiah 53, allows the Son of Man to be smitten. He became the object of judgment which was due us. Yes. But none of us were worthy to go to Calvary. Jesus. As John says, when he saw him coming, behold a Lamb of God comes to take away the sin of the world. He came to take away the sin of the world. He came to die for us. Judas would come with his friends and betray him with a kiss. Peter would rebel by cutting off the ear of one of the servants. But Jesus would replace the ear back on the servant and let him know that the kingdom would not be received or won by violence, Amen. but by love. Amen. Love is what compelled him to go to the cross. I love that old song that Mississippi Mass Choir used to sing. 
It's not the nails that held him to the cross. It was love. Oh, praise his holy name. When he died, the veil of the temple was rent or torn from top to bottom. From top to bottom to show that it wasn't done by man, but it was done from heaven. He, the Paschal Lamb, fulfilled the scriptures, took the place of the bulls and goats that just covered us in our sin. But Jesus died and gave us, forgave us for our sin. Aren't you glad?
Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us both now and forevermore. Let the church say, God has spoken.